I'm losing my mind, but as long as I keep the part that tells me when I gotta pee, I should be okay. Hello and welcome to episode 147 of Under the Call of MS Sunday Comics Edition. Don't have no regular Sunday comics this week. We're just gonna go through some random comics because I haven't got out and about and picked up any newspaper recently, so. I don't have no no good Sunday ones here available, and the last couple weren't too thrilling to start with. But hey, I got a lady at a counter working in a, uh, a department store at the perfume and lotion section. Uh, lady's off talking to the pharmacist at the drug store part of the store, and two kids are talking to a lady at the perfume and lotion area and the one boy says i wouldn't buy her perfume for her birthday otis she's not too crazy about soap yet <laughs> too young to spend that money on that expensive perfume once to start on that perfume and that jewelry it's all over kid <laughs> there you got some guys Sitting there working on some machines, looking at stuff at a Telestar broadcasting control room. And two head head figures are standing in the background. One's talking to the other one. He says, we've gone as far as possible on new, improved means of transmitting TV. All we need now are new and improved TV programs to transmit. That's how it all started. You used to only have like three channels we could choose from. You had to watch whatever the hell was on. You didn't get the big stuff like you get nowadays. And then they started adding to it. And now we have all these downloadable things that different companies that we got to purchase all these Netflix and Disney and HBO and Columbia and Par- <laughs> Paramount and and they're just going to, every single company is going to come out with their own and we're going to end up having a societal collapse because there's going to be too much input and not enough funding to get all the input. Oh, look, the cat got woke up. Imagine that. Thought I was going to get through a few podcasts today, but not going to happen. The cat's going to come bug me. Alright, you got a kid that comes in the house carrying a package, and his ma's there, and he's talking to her at the door, and he says, I won a prize at the birthday party for being the first to go home. <laughs> Basically, he's a little Dennis the Menace character, and they didn't want to deal with him anymore, so they gave him a gift and sent him on his way. Uh, his cat just is not working here are ya I guess I'm gonna have to get you tucked in yeah little pain in my butt but we gotta work around them they're cute but annoying yeah he's just not gonna settle himself in he's gonna keep squirming around (laughs) sorry about any of the problems just listen to me talk without teeth and now you gotta listen to me talk around a cat 
All right, you got a character talking to some beatniks that are sitting in the back of a police van. And you got the cops arresting some other picketers that have signs that say, like, down with the fuzz, awake and rise, something about stomping out the oppression. And the bottom, you see the one cop saying to all the Beatniks in the truck, mind your dis- disrespectful language, young lady. I'll thank you to refer to this as a police state, not a fuzz state. These are very old jokes, by the way. <laughs> uh, you got a husband and wife in their living room. Husband's sitting in his chair with his feet kicked up. And the wife is up next to him, trying to figure out. She's got a, they got a bucket full of stuff. I'm guessing like maybe kids' toys or something, sitting there. But she says to him, "What's wrong with deducting the cost of this new hat, which I only bought as part of the president's plan to make America more beautiful?" Yes, and maybe that box next to her is a big hat box and it's just lid that's stuffed in it and some paper sticking out of it. That would be my guess. It makes more sense. All right, you got an older couple standing behind a couch. You got a beatnik laying on the couch with his guitar leaning up against it. Sandals laying off to the side and stuff like that all over in front of it. And he's reading comics. And the lady says to the husband, now that junior is a high school dropout, he worries about being turned down by the gang of his choice. <laughs> All right, you got a lady and a guy at an office of Automated Industries Incorporated. All kinds of machines going off around them and stuff. She's on the telephone. She says, our automatic answering service is temporarily out of service. This is a live person. Can I help you? <laughs> Heck, in those days, kids, there were actually live people that called it, called to annoy you as telemarketers. Nowadays, it's just teens repeating the same thing over and over and over as you answer the, answer the phone. All right, you got two bears changing tires on a car one bear says oh they're at yellowstone park there's a couple fishing in the lake one bear's got the tire for the trunk one bear's got the tire off the car and the bear taking a tire off the car says sometimes i think we carry the friendly business a little too far ah i get it the bears are working at yellowstone park Changing tires while a couple that had the flat went and sat, sat fishing. All right, you got a couple with their dog. The dog swallowed his leash, and they're at the doggy clinic. And the doctor's standing there, and the lady says, It's not his leash. So naturally, we assume he swallowed someone's pet. <laughs> Uh, he found a little chihuahua. <laughs> All right, yeah, a guy and his beatnik kid at a psychiatrist's office. 
psychiatrist named Sigmund Couch. It's juvenile hall psychiatry. And the psychiatrist says, You have purely selfish motivation, Mr. Figby. The fundamental defect of parents is that they expect their kids to be a credit to them. <laughs> yeah, kids will never be perfect for the parents. Parents want the kids to be like them, and the kids want to be their own thing. Parents just can't figure that out while they do nowadays. <laughs> Back in our day, they didn't. All right. Yeah, a couple characters at a car shop called Pussyfoot Motors. Uh, the all-new Pussyfoot, safe at any speed. Everything padded, including payments. There's a sign that says that up on the wall. Uh, there's also a notice sign for Belchfire Motors will henceforth be known as Pussyfoot Motors. But anyways, the salesman sitting at his desk says, the new name for our 68 model will make it sound safe and dependable. Now it needs a nickname to make it sound sporty and dangerous. Yeah, a little league finals game going on between the Tigers and the Bobcats. At the ump behind the plate, catcher, Girl up the bat. Yeah, group of parents off to one side, group of parents sitting on the bleachers on the other side. The one male figure says to the female figure, She's good, all right, but sooner or later we'll have to tell her about the prejudice a girl must face when she tries for the big leagues. (laughs) Ain't that true? Back in those days, there were no women's rights, but yet the women did fight things, but it, they didn't get too far. All right, you got some beatniks sitting with a police officer. Another police officer comes up to him. Bunch of cops in the background arresting people. Signs with down with the fuzz. Get out of Vietnam. Warmongers must go. Civil rights. All those kinds of signs going on. One cop talking to the cops sitting with the two beatniks says, Clancy, how many times have I told you not to get emotionally involved with others? <laughs> and I had the coach with the players in the locker room, the football players. One football player says to the college coach, we got beat because we were nervous, coach. We never played on color TV before. All right, we got yeah, a couple sitting at a desk talking to a guy that's a marriage counselor. And the marriage counselor says, when was the last time you swept her in your arms and told her she was beautiful? <laughs> Don't know why that's supposed to be a <laughs> All right, yeah, this lady talking to her husband, kids all over the place, living room's trash, she's sitting in his chair, she's got her cleaning supplies on. 
he's watching the news, which on the screen says this has been a special Cook News Cook News Bulletin. Uh, she says to him, now that's good news if they really mean it. The toy manufacturers are ready to start disarmament talks. <laughs> that was amazing, the weaponry toys they used to get away with back in the day. Now we're supposed to get punished for it because that's how we were raised. Uh, now they make everything so realistic. Poor kids are getting shot with cap guns. Hey, you got a kid talking to his dad. His dad's sitting on the couch reading his newspaper. Kid's standing there reading a piece of paper. He says, I've been accepted by the college of my choice, Dad. But since their last riot, they're now requesting all new students to post a $500 bond. Prepay your bond ahead of time. All right. Heater's kicking in, so we're going to stop it at that point, and we will get back to you with the second part of our segment once the heater. I'm back. All right. Yeah, Garfield climbing on top of John's chest as he's sleeping in bed, snoring away. He walks, crawls up to John's nose, sticks his face in John's face. His thought balloon says, hmm, the stare him in the face till he wakes up routine isn't working. So then Garfield turns around, lays down on John's chest on his blanket, just starts whapping him in the face with his tail. His thought balloon says, and the slap him silly with the tail routine isn't either. John's still snoring away. Garfield goes walking off the bed. Stop balloon says it's time to call in the heavy artillery. Oh, Odie, <laughs> you know what to do, boy. <laughs> Next scene, you see John flying up in the air. Odie just sitting there with a big old smile underneath him. And Garfield stop balloon says, Yes, it's the cold nose in the middle of the back routine. <laughs> They want you up. They're going to get you up. Their little shit would not let up again this morning. Every day that alarm clock goes off in his brain around 5 a.m. Yeah, Garfield dressed up like Benjamin Franklin with his kite. It's lightning out. He has his key tied to the bottom of the kite. And Odie comes up. And Garfield stop balloon says, hold this for a minute. Hey, Odie's sniffing away like crazy, going through the house, sniffing everything all over the floor. Goes past Garfield, who's laying in his bed. Garfield's looking at him, like, wondering what's going on. Odie just keeps going under the table in the mouse holes. He's sniffing everywhere, goes under behind John's chair while John's sitting on it, reading the newspaper, goes under the chair. And all of a sudden, you see John laying on his back. With the chair flipped over and Odie with his bone in his mouth. John tapping on the cookie jar as you see a little orange and black tail sticking out of it. With a thought balloon coming out of it. It says, nobody here but us crumbs. 
All right, John's all happy. He's sitting down to dinner, has a big, nice feast on his plate. plate. Takes a bite, says to himself, hmm, needs a little salt. Turns around, grabs a salt shaker, turns back. Garfield and Odie are devouring his food. <laughs> Uh, I love Garfield. All right. Let's see what Kelvin and Hobbs have to offer today. Oh, there's a space space brain one. Kelvin's out in the farthest reaches of the galaxy. He's flying in a spaceship. It speeds that splendid specimen of spirit and spunk. The spectacular space spiff. The fearless spaceman spiff sets off to explore a new planet. The planet appears to be uninhabited. The only sign of life is a strange lichen growing on the rocks. Noticing the geometric patterns the lichen forms, spiff bends down for a closer look. It's not lichen. It's tiny trees on tiny farmland. He's like a giant standing above the farmland. Peering ahead, our hero sees a sprawling city with skyscrapers an inch high. The planet is inhabited after all. Spiff reflects that human scale is by no means the standard for life forms. As if to drive the point home, a blimp-sized monster appears over the hillside, ready to devour Spliff. In the next next panel, you see Kelvin's bully saying, Hey, look it, Shorty here. He's playing with his fellow bugs. Yeah. <laughs> then you see Kelvin on the ground playing with some bugs. And he says, it's a doofus ignoramus. Our hero slowly reaches for his stun blaster, which is a big rock. <laughs> He's going to pop him in the head with Kelvin uh, and Hobbs are brushing their teeth, getting ready for bed. Kelvin says, here it is 8 o'clock, and we have to go to bed already. Somebody's always running my life. I never get to do what I want to do. Hobbs says, what would you do if you could stay up? I don't know. Something fun. Whatever mom and dad get to do. The next scene you see is mom and dad sitting on the couch, snoring away. Don't have much energy left after a day of dealing with that little shit. Yeah, yeah, Kelvin and Hobbs looking up at the stars. Kelvin says, that cloud of stars is our galaxy, the Milky Way. Our solar system is on the edge of it. We hurl through an incomprehensible darkness in cosmic terms. We are subatomic particles in a grain of sand on an infinite beach. And then you see Kelvin looking down at his watch and he says, I wonder what's on TV now. <laughs> so much unexplored vastness out there of miraculous proportions and we think of the little things. Elvin's screaming away, everyone takes me for granted. Nobody pays any attention to my needs. It is too much to ask for 
an occasional token gesture of appreciation. Ma comes running up. Okay, how about a big hug? Open says, could I have $20? <laughs> See, I don't matter to anyone. Nobody cares about me. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. One more Kelvin and Hobbs. We got Kelvin getting ready to fill his water balloon. <laughs> He's filling it and filling it at the water spigot. A little more. A little more. Whoosh. Ah. I was wandering off all angry. Skull and crossbones in the air, all sopping wet. Grabs another balloon. I won't fill this one so full. There, perfect. <laughs> Darn not. <laughs> balloon squirts all over his face. Stop it. <laughs> it's too slippery. <laughs> now, now look, it's almost empty. I'll have to fill it again. Stupid balloon. A little more. Ah, perfect. It slips off the, sp the spout. Whoosh. Explodes. Kevin, Kelvin's so, so, soaking wet. Doggone it. Hobbs, will you be here any second? I don't know. Doggone it. Hobbs will be here any second. And all of a sudden you see Hobbs running up. Yeah! Kelvin, oh no! Ah! And Hobbs stops for a second, says, gee, what's the point? Hobbs <laughs> sees that Kelvin is just sopping wet already from trying to fill the balloon all this time. <laughs> Those things are so damn annoying on the old gardens faucet. Nowadays, you got these fancy little spigots you can attach to a sink or a faucet and sit there and fill your balloon. Nicely without any problems. Back in the day, it would rip the tips of the balloons off, or we'd overfill them, of course, or they'd fall off the spigot. It was just so annoying. All right. What do you get if you cross a snowman with an alligator? Frostbite. <laughs> Once there was a millionaire who had a collection of alligators. He kept them in the pool behind his mansion. Millionaire also had a very beautiful daughter who was single. One day, he decided to throw a huge party, and during the course of the party, he announced, Ladies and gentlemen, I have a proposition for every man here. I will give $1 million or my daughter to the man who can swim across this pool full of alligators and emerge alive. As soon as he finished his proclamation, there was a large splash. There was one man in the pool swimming with all his might and screaming in fear. The crowd cheered him on as he kept sprinting through the water. Finally, he jumped out on the other side with only a torn shirt and several minor injuries. The millionaire was awestruck. He said, Sir, that was amazing. I didn't think it could be done, but I must keep my end of the bargain. Do you want my daughter or the one million dollars? The guy answered, I don't want your money or your daughter. I just want the person who pushed me into the water. <laughs> uh, that was a good one. 
Alright, let's look at some old jokes. Summary of cats. Cats do whatever they want when they want. They rarely rarely listen to you. They're totally unpredictable. They whine when they're not happy. When you want to play, they want to be left alone. When you want to be left alone, they want to play. They expect you to cater to their every whim. They're moody as hell. They leave. Looks like a telemarketer. <laughs> Not worth it. They leave their hair everywhere. They drive you nuts. Conclusion. Cats are actually little tiny women in cheap fur. Oh, that flies this day and age with cancel culture. So funny. Hey. Well, thing. Well, I don't believe this is right. I think it's longer than that. But the average person spends over four years of their life in the bathroom. I think that seems a little short. It's an old dumb law for you. When two trains meet at a railroad crossing, each shall come to a full stop, and neither shall proceed until the other had gone. They're not going nowhere. In Pennsylvania, any motorist who sees a team of horses coming towards them must pull well off the road, cover their car with a blanket or canvas that blends with the countryside. And let the horses pass. If the horses appear skittish, the motorist must take his car apart, piece by piece, and hide it under the nearest bushes. <laughs> I really want to know the origin of why that law ever came to be. <laughs> All right. His baloney has a first name. It's I did not inhale. His baloney has a second name. I wasn't getting tail. Oh, he loves to sling it every day. The White House people all just say that Billy Clinton has a way of making bullshit sound okay. <laughs> all right, one more. Two guys cruising along after leaving a bar on Halloween night named... David was driving, I believe, and Anthony was in the passenger seat. And Anthony sees an old man's face in his window and starts tap. The figure starts tapping on the window and tells, and Anthony tells David about it. And he rolls his window down a little after the after David hits the gas and asked asked the ghost figure what he wanted. And the old ghost figure asked if he had a smoke. So Anthony threw his pack of cigarettes out the window and rolled it up. David said, don't worry, we're doing 80 miles an hour. And then the figure tapped on the window again. And when he rolled the window down, when Anthony rolled the window down a little, the figure asked for a light. The passenger threw his light, <laughs> Anthony threw his lighter out the window and closed his window again. David cranked it up to 100 miles an hour. A little while later, the figure appeared yet again and tapped on the window repeatedly. 
both Anthony and David started screaming in unison, and Anthony yelled in terror, What now? The old figure whispered, You want some help getting out of the mud, kids? <laughs> and they got their car stuck in the mud. All right, that's it for this week. Good to back to you again soon. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Take care of yourself. And we'll talk to you again probably tomorrow.